welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Not much fun doing this at the moment, is it? It's, yeah, hard work. <laughs> right, Reading. Uh, a game that we really needed to win and we really didn't. No, after... I thought they made quite a bright start. Only 20 minutes. I thought they were actually the the team that... I'm not going to say it in the ascendancy, but certainly were looking more likely to score and then they've got hit with a soccer punch, didn't they, at the other end? Um, but I suppose even in that opening 20 minutes before the opener, other than the Kadeem Harris shot that was saved and we're thinking, oh, Alessio de Cruz was nearly on hand to, to tap it in. What else did Wednesday create? Um, in that sort of period where they were on top, but the, uh, apart from that one chance, that was it. And we've talked about it. Creativity is a big problem at the moment. Um, yeah, there was the, there weren't many memorable moments from from that period. Um, and well, let's let's talk about the team first of all. Then, so um, Wickham and Windass missing out, along with Barry Bannon. Um, so in comes New You, Harris and Murphy. There were some defensive changes which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, so I, there was a bit of surprise about Atty New You starting. Um, now I kind of thought, and we we touched on this actually, about whether or not the players that came in were going to be able to play three games in a week because um, uh, neither of them, particularly um, Wickham and Windass we're talking here, um, neither of them had um, really played all that much football. Um, but I kind of thought you know, Luton seemed to be the one that would suit someone like Atty Nui. Reading at home would be where you'd want to play your more creative players. So it seemed kind of like an odd time to change it. Maybe, but then I sort of understand with the workload, the busy week, that I think it was always going to be a big ask to play certainly Connor Wickham from the start. And when you're then thinking that Jordan Rose and Sam Winnell out of the picture and appear to be two other players that have been frozen out or are not part of Gary Monk's plans, then you don't have actually that many options with Stephen Fletcher injured. So when you're looking for somebody who's, I'm not going to say like for like, but who is a big man um, who's going to put himself about and give you that physical threat, then you haven't got really any other players at your disposal other than Atty knew you. So he wanted to freshen things up. Uh, and I wasn't shocked by the other changes with Tom Lees and Barry Bannon coming out. Probably the first time in Barry Bannon's career at Sheffield Wednesday where he's actually been dropped. Uh, other times where he's been on the bench, but that's mainly been because they've rested or rotated in the cup. Uh, so that was a big statement as well. So it just shows you that nobody's place is safe at the moment and that uh, Gary Monk is doing a lot of tinkering. And I think some would say too much tinkering right now with the personnel uh, and tactics. And I'm afraid to say that it has really got hallmarks and shades of two years ago with Jos Lukai as we've kept banging on about. I was, I was just going to say exactly the same thing that it's following that pattern isn't it because you know Jos was um, I think the circumstances were a bit different in in some regards because we all remember um, kind of occasions where someone would would pretty much win man of the match and then be dropped for the next game so there was little kind of 
uh, reason to some of Yossa's decisions feels a bit different because there's kind of justification for Gary Monk to sort of drop anyone. But I just remember when the team came out and you, you see Liam Palmer leading them out as captain and you just think, and, and this is nothing against Liam Palmer, but you just think, God, it's a bit of a mess at the moment, isn't it? Like our captain and vice captain both being dropped. Um, so, you know, someone that's never captained the team gets gets thrown in. And you just feel like it just feels like really messy at the moment. Do you know what I mean? It does, it does, that's, yeah. That's just like it, a best fit it, rather than a, a, a well-thought kind of out policy. Well, it's just clear, isn't it, that Gary Monk, now six months into the job and with the run that they've been on, he doesn't know what his best team is. Or formation. And so the last two matches we've seen that they've gone from playing three at the back that they've never done before to now going back to a flat back four. Uh, you're right, making Liam Palmer captain probably the first time he's worn the captain's armband that you know you know, for Wednesday I can't remember the last time he's done it um, and then bringing in Azazia Aguidi who hadn't played I think in a month um, so full back positions he's changed it and around again so moving Palmer from right to left and then Uigidi to right back. Uh, I, I felt Kadeem Harris deserved to come in and start after he was one of the few uh, sort of plus points from that miserable night at Luton. Uh, and actually, I thought Kadeem Harris, when you're looking for positives, again, I thought he started brightly and then faded. Um, but yeah, he looked as if he could make things happen in that only 20 minutes. And really, when you're looking at other players who can sort of come out of Reading with any real credit, it probably was Jacob Murphy in that last half an hour or so. Again, he looked like a guy who uh, was trying to be on the front foot and really take it to Reading. Uh, but yeah, it, it, at the moment, Wednesday are in a rut. Urugidi had a fairly torrid afternoon, didn't he? There's no kind of getting away from, from that, I think. Reading saw that as a as a potential weakness to try and exploit. Um, maybe a bit unlucky with one of the bookings, do you think? I fought it at the time, and do you know what? I then looked back on the first yellow for the first time yesterday, and yeah, it was blatant. He, he's he's hauled the guy down. He's like he's grabbed him by the foot, so it's a booking. And then the second one, he can have no complaints about and and he injured himself in the process too so he's banned for Birmingham and it's funny isn't it with Urugidi that his first two appearances and we were waxing lyrical about they were both away from home and then the last two have been at home to Blackburn where he's got taken off at half time and then Reading uh, so he, he's really struggled and found it difficult. And yeah, he's looked what he is, which is raw. He's a pro- he's, I think he's a good prospect. But at the moment, I think it, it's tricky when you're throwing youngsters into the Lions' den when r- right now it almost does feel as if Wednesday are crying out for some experience and what we talk about a lot, leadership. Uh, and with some of the players that have been exiled, you do wonder if they would come in and make a more of a difference and certainly add something to this team. It is hard right now because, uh, I mean, we've talked a bit about whether Alex Hunt should come into the team. In fact, you know, just last week we said, do you know what, maybe Reading is the right stage for him to make his full debut. Um, I've seen a few people on social media this week kind of calling for some of the other younger players to get promoted and, you know, 
why not give them a, a chance in the first team? The downside of, of that, and, and there is justification to say, do you know what, I mean, the, the senior players aren't cutting it, so so why mm. not change things up? The downside of that is that, um, you know, we've kind of seen what's happened to Urugidi. We don't know what, what damage it causes, the fact that his last few games have have just not gone well. The last two games that he started, Wednesday have conceded eight goals altogether, and he's got sent off and he's got injured. And you just think, right, you know, is this is this lad going to be a little bit scarred now? It, it would be... Um, uh, a very risky time to start bringing someone, uh, bringing any younger players into the team, isn't it? Because I it's, agree. Yeah. It's, you know, the atmosphere is not good around Hillsborough. Um, teams are, are seeing where to exploit us and are, are doing it. It's quite easy to play against Sheffield Wednesday right now. You can see, we'll talk about the goals in, in a minute because I want to go through all three of them, um, but you can kind of see where to exploit Sheffield Wednesday and teams are doing it. And I think it would be so demoralising for young players who are at the moment used to winning games playing in the in the academy teams to come into the first team and, and just be kind of exposed to that toxicity, toxicity, that word. Easy for you to say. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, that is uh, knocking around Hillsborough right now. Well, and the season's far from over. That's the fact, James, that there's still a lot at stake for Wednesday in the short, medium and long term with, you know, we don't know as, as we keep banging on about, we don't know what's going to happen with the whole EFL charge, uh, and then, so Wednesday could get plunged into a relegation battle. And um, with the run that they're on, you're right, I just don't think it's the environment necessarily that is going to help them or uh, you know, develop. Uh, if you're throwing them in, really, it almost smacks of desperation, doesn't it? I think if you start throwing in lots of uh, academy players, and it's the sort of thing, really, that you do when your season's done and dusted, maybe, with half a dozen games to go where you know you can't go up and you can't go down. And then you can start blooding some of the younger players and maybe having an eye on the future and seeing what they can do. But right now, I, I, yeah, I, I think that Gary Monk, is going to have to resist that temptation to put in more youngsters when they need results. We saw Stoke do it earlier in the season, didn't we? When they came to Hillsborough and you looked at their team and then you looked at their bench and you were like, hang on, their bench is better than their team. But you realised, you know, they were bottom of the table and the the manager obviously made the decision that the, the experienced players just weren't cutting it. So he kind of changed things around. Um, it's and, hard as I mean, well when the they're senior still in players, yeah, scrap, aren't they? yeah, they are. And then when Wednesday senior players, so many are underperforming, and you're looking to them to set a good example for youngsters, and it's really difficult right now. They, they, you know, they're not doing that. There's too many individual mistakes being made across that team, and players who are out of form, and so that's where why I almost feel it's unfair to put more youngsters into it, that's not going to be a recipe, I think, for Wednesday for success right now. What they need is for calm heads and for them to almost stick together, really. And then you hope that when you start to see the green shoots of recovery again, get a couple of wins in a row, string them together, then maybe you can promote youth. But at the moment, I think that has to take a backseat 100%. We've we've talked week after week about the midfield, um, and that's long being uh, a subject of conversation and, and, and examination. So uh, this week we had another new combination in uh, Kieran Lee and Joey Pellipesi. I'm not aware of them playing together, just the two of them before. Um, so Barry Bannon dropped out of the team as we as we kind of talked about. Um, and again, we've got to sit here and say another one that just didn't really work. It didn't, eh? and. 
looked a bit lightweight. Very lightweight. And yeah, Jerry Pelipesi, I think he's actually started four of the last five matches. But he he's just struggling to make an impression, really. Um, I you know I, I do think over the course of his time at Wednesday that there have been periods where you thought, oh, okay, maybe Joey Pelipesi is starting to come to grips with the championship and that actually could turn into a really good championship player. But the consistency has not been there. And as for Kieran Lee, I I, I just don't think that we're ever going to see. That player who was so integral to the Wednesday team uh, that reached back-to-back playoffs and uh, I feel as if his best days are behind him and that he's never going to recapture his best form Uh, and I think we've seen the best of him now in a Wednesday shirt and and I don't expect Kieran Lee, unless he uh, has a remarkable turnaround in his fortunes over the last 12 to 13 matches I don't see Kieran Lee being kept on and retained for next season and offered a new contract he'd be one of those who will go in the summer it's harsh but he's done Kieran Lee I, I think I think and I said this to my mate who, who didn't didn't particularly like me saying it but I think he should probably just retire now and and kind of walk away from football with the dignity of the memories that he's had because he's never going to be the same he's never going to get back to being that that player I don't know if I would go that far I think that you know I, he probably I, still has got something to offer maybe maybe, so, maybe if he not, drops down a level yeah, and go to, go to League One perhaps and where he's playing regularly uh, and then he can build up confidence again in his body and, uh, and get some form going uh, maybe go to right back again in the. I don't know that maybe I just think in central midfield it looks just it, it just does it looks a little bit too much to him go back to almost where it started and what Wednesday signed him um, you know for wasn't it uh, all those years ago well I mean there's there's plenty of games left there's plenty of time for, for Tinkerman to give that a go uh, Kieran Lee to right back probably end up playing him as goalkeeper for a couple of games um, alright this midfield quandary uh, there's no solution so I don't know why we talk about it because there's uh, whatever combination of players we play the midfield's just not good enough it's not up to scratch well we've got to go let's touch on the first goal uh, and the, the, the point that I want to make about it is the oceans and oceans of space that Ijaria had to actually put that ball ball through the heart of Wednesday's defence. And we'll come to that bit in a moment. But you can't tell me, there's no one who can tell me that if Sam Hutchinson wasn't there, that you can't tell me that Sam Hutchinson wouldn't have done a better job of trying to close the you know Ijaria down to stop him from putting that through ball and I'm not saying that he necessarily would have cut it out I'm just saying that it, the the gap between the defence and the midfield there was alarming and I just think if you had a Sam Hutchinson there who was shielding the back four uh, I know it's all kind of irrelevant right now as it's clear that Sam Hutchinson is not going to be part of Gary Monk's plans but you know, when you're looking for a natural defensive midfielder, and and I think that's what makes it worse, doesn't it, for Wednesday right now, is that Wednesday actually have one, and 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 they have someone who we've seen who has been out in the cold and he's come back into the team and has that defensive discipline, or that's his job, his role, and, and then you see Pelipesi and Kieran Lee put together last week, and it, it just doesn't work. 
it didn't work. From a fan's perspective, it's so frustrating, but I, I, not in the way that you probably th- would, would naturally think that I mean by that, because I uh, kind of, you know, weighing everything up in my mind, trying to think about it as a, you know, as a level-headed fan, I, I, I back Gary Monk in, in not playing Sam Hutchinson, because there's two managers now, right, who are very different. They're, they're not both the same nationality. They don't come from the same background. There's a lot of years between them that have independently made that same decision, right? And and I don't know what the reasons are, and I've heard a lot of uh, stuff from people in the last couple of weeks, and, you know, t- I, I almost kind of think it's better that I don't know. It's better that I just think, well, you know, whatever the reason is, clearly those reasons exist or that reason exists and so be it. And Gary Monk is doing what we need someone to do now, which is thinking about the bigger picture and looking to the future. Unfortunately, Sam Hutchinson's not part of that. Even if he was having a good season, would he would he be part of that beyond this season? It's hard, it's it's difficult to see because we know that, you know, his his injury record is what it is. His disciplinary record is what it is. You cannot build a team around Sam Hutchinson moving forward, whatever the circumstances are. But so it is hurting the team in the short It term. is. And, and you know, you sit there and you watch that game on Saturday. You're absolutely right. That first goal, it was a knife through butter. It was just, you know, it was... It was um, textbook from Reading and it was textbook from Wednesday in terms of here's an example of how not to defend from midfield to defence you know it was just uh, they just waltzed straight through uh, straight through the middle um, and they're just goals that you shouldn't concede it was a fairly nice move but that it just it shouldn't happen and, and you're right you sit there and watch it and you just think yeah Hutch that wouldn't happen there were yeah. other moments where you could watch it was almost like slow motion watching Joey Pellipessi kind of chase after a man and the crowd going just take him out. Just take him out now, and and he he doesn't he doesn't do it now. You know the laws of the game, the laws of the game, and maybe Joey Pellipes is a better person for not doing that. Sam Hutchinson had just you know whether it's taking the booking or whatever, he just do it. Um, and when you're in the scrap that we're in right now, you can see why the crowd are, are going to respond like that and are going to say, "Do what it need." You know, we just we need points. We need to win football matches. I don't really care how we get to that point right now. If it involves you know not not being the fairest team in the world, fine. Just just do it. Wait, let's so analyze the goal so, more. It's though. frustrating on so yeah. many levels. No, I, I get where you're coming from completely. And and so when you break it down, that pass should have been stopped at source. There was no one within five yards of Ijaria when he's put through. But by the way, he looked at a right handful all game on that left hand side. You know, he was one of Reading's best players. So, you know, you got to take your hat off to him. He played really well on the day. But so ball's gone through. Liam Palmer then has to give a shout to Julian Bernard, Dominic Iolfi. That comes back to communication. Someone has to say, Liam Palmer's got to pass. Mate off, who's made that run in behind. And I don't know whether there was a call or not, whatever, but there's a complete breakdown there because that just shouldn't happen. You know, you would be embarrassed if that happened on Sunday morning, wouldn't you, really? that you know, For the ball to be played through, bang, heart of the defence between Dominic Iorfa and Julian Burner like that, it should not happen. Now, I know there were also arguments of... Did you know? Should Cameron Dawson also have come out off his line quicker? Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about his part in the second goal in a second. You could maybe make an argument, but for me, I'm, I'm afraid it starts with the pass that was poor, and then the, between Dominic Iorf and Julian Berner, just not good enough. That again, it, it should never have got 
there in the first place for Cameron Dawson to have to come off his line. Uh, it, it was inexplicably bad. Uh, it's um, we're on, we're kind of wrong to single out any individuals for blame there because it was a team failing. It really was, um, and you, you can you can look at several players who you think right that they should do this, and you think right is this a communication? problem and and you kind of sum it up as saying right one of the issues that you get when you don't have a player like Sam Hutchinson is the, in the team is that you kind of think where's the soul of that team where's the personality of that team they're just at the moment 11 footballers that are just kind of running round mm. you know there isn't Joey Pellipessi right people may, may 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 see some qualities in them but he has no heart as a player he has no soul as a player right he doesn't give anything to the team he, he does a job at the moment he's not even doing that job particularly well but um, Sam Hutchinson has, uh, you know, he's got a presence to him. He's got something that rubs off on other players. Yeah. That that you know, mm. it, it's that that extra, you know, ten yeah. percent that he finds. Uh, every, you know, the rest of the team see that, and 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 it, and it spreads further. And I think yeah. there's a role of communication yeah. there as well. Yeah. That when you take one or two players out of the team, and at the moment you've got to bear in mind we've got Hutch, yeah. Westwood. Tom Lees yeah. and Barry Bannon were, about in, were in the team. Wider and, point. And, and only 12 yeah. months ago, we talked about them being the core yeah. of this team. Yeah. Stephen Fletcher as well, obviously not in the team yeah. at the moment. And he'd be that, that forward line part. And, and there's literally a core right down the centre of the pitch from, from where we were 12 months ago that's not there. And the players that have come in are not talking. There's no communication. There's no spirit. There's no soul. There's no heart and I know there were you know this is about kicking a football and scoring more goals than the opposition and they're flowery words to mention but this really matters because that that first goal if there's communication if there's a bit of spirit if there's a a, a, a want a willingness then that doesn't happen I agree and I think that's such a big point that you make about the spine of the team it's it's new look isn't it it's much changed and experienced heads players that we have become familiar to seeing Wednesday colours over the last four to five years uh, uh, who have performed well at this level they're not they, they weren't in the team uh, on Saturday and it's it shows that yeah Gary Monk is looking ahead and is thinking that he has to maybe not dismantle, but again, this team needs revamping. And But it's as Gary Monk said post-match, though, you've still got to get results. You still need wins. Uh, and five points out of 30 is not going to buy him the time that he needs. And he's well aware of that. And that's why it's got to turn around pretty quickly. And that this week coming up, I, I do think it, it's huge in, in so many ways that, uh, particularly at Hillsborough, things have things have got to turn around. Right, it, it, the stats are, are really—they are the the shocking. It's abysmal, isn't it? You know, they haven't one, scored one win in ten now. Well, well, it's one win in ten in the league, but it's it's at Hillsborough where we haven't seen a goal this year at Hillsborough, and it's something like three hundred and fifty-two minutes. You know, the last goal was December the 29th. No home win now for it's going to be over two months. By the time Charlton, uh, you know, come to Sheffield next week, and you're just thinking to yourself that I think they were beaten at home for nine matches, uh, you know, prior to that Cardiff defeat, and so completely lost confidence at home, haven't they? And and that's where 
most of your public isn't. And it's the entertainment factor that I come back to again. It's the lack of goals. That's what's going to be frustrating people. And fans are paying good money to come and watch the team. And they feel as if they're letting them down at the moment. And I think right now you have to feel and look at it and go, the players, they are. They're letting themselves down, the manager and the fans the chairman, big time. Yeah, they are so underperforming, but they just look so short on confidence. And it's, they, you know, they keep saying one result, and maybe then they might get some momentum going. I hope it's as simple as that, but but you can't and count on that. It, it doesn't feel like it's around the corner either. It feels like it's miles away. I, I feel like we could we could go ahead in a game. In fact, we did at Barnsley, didn't we? We could go ahead in a game and, and still collapse. You know, it's 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 there's there's something just fundamentally not right. And the the worrying thing is that um, Gary Monk's made some decisions about players that aren't going to be involved moving forward. So the players that are playing at the moment. Uh, are the players that you know he believes in that he he, mm. he he thinks are the future, and they're not performing, and you just think, what, what? I mean, where do you go from that? What I can't I cannot get my head around what a solution is to it, and I've been thinking all week. Mm. You know, someone someone tweeted me a few days ago and said, what what do we do? Um, let's. Let's let's move on to the subject of Gary Monk then, because there's been a lot said about him, and and obviously there's been questions, and as you'd expect when you're on this kind of run, there's fans saying Gary Monk needs to go, doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Now I um I've said this about several managers of late in terms of another managerial change is is to me is just not the answer, and I would probably say that regardless but I also see the signs that Gary Monk is trying to do something for the towards the future which is what we need and in actual fact making another change now sets us back six months um, and, and and doesn't get us anywhere but it is a results business and so uh, those those questions are fair questions about things at the moment Gary Monk says the right kind of stuff but his tone seems to change quite a lot from from after match to after match interview you know he's been angry with the players and then sometimes he sounded a bit defeated it sounds like he doesn't really know what to do um talks about how um you know building for the future but you know there's there's a here and now as well and that's all well and good because that's what we're saying as fans but it's like well you're the only guy that can really affect this now yeah definitely and i think what will really worry him is that we all remember the comments that he made after the Wigan defeat. And when a manager comes out publicly and and slates the players and says that that they're too comfortable and uses the sort of language that he used after Wigan, what you would expect is for there to be some sort of reaction. But the reaction's been two draws and two defeats. So it hasn't been a positive one. It hasn't worked. Uh, and you, you, you do get the feeling that Gary Monk has tried virtually everything, hasn't he? To to instill some sort of confidence and belief in this group by throwing more attacking players onto the pitch to improve the goal output, as he did at Barnsley. Then he, he tweaks the formation at Luton. That backfires... Then he goes back to a flat back four against Reading. Uh, they've shipped in another three goals. So it's, it's worrying, worrying times. And and I am with you in the camp that 
Wednesday, the last thing they do need at the moment is a managerial change and that they really need some stability, and they do. And you do have to have a lot of sympathy for Gary Monk in the sense that he has been, like Josh Lukai was, dealt a bad hand, a tough hand, yeah, and that he's had one transfer window to work with and that he's only brought one new member of staff in as well. So he hasn't added to, been able to add to his own add to the coaching staff and bring in his own people uh, so you do look at it uh, in that sense and that's where yeah you know you do feel for him and think that these are tough times and you, as a manager you just have to ride it out and you get through this uh, but he needs results he knows that he's not naive enough to think that his job is going to be safe if this run continues then the pressure is only going to mount uh, and intensify uh, I've got to argue the flip side to this, which is, and, and there's been, you know, a couple of people that I've talked to this week whose opinion I kind of think, oh, if, you know, if they think this, then I, I, I kind of got to listen to that. One of one of whom being Ollie, who is um, from our sponsors at, at Title Law. Also, my mate Mark, who've um, made this kind of point, which is that you know everything that we've said about building for the future, looking at the long term picture and stuff, is absolutely right, but. There's also this side issue of actually, what if Gary Monk is the wrong person? What if he is not the right manager? Um, and we can, you know, kind of persevere for as long as we want, saying it's about the long term. But if you've actually got the wrong man and he's just not going to be able to do the job, then at some point you've got to realise that and say, right, well, we we've got we've got to make that change sooner rather than later. Um, and and. I, I'm not subscribing to this theory, but I'm going to argue it for, uh, you know, kind of devil's advocate sake that we're seeing him change the team and change the formation and change fairly critical things, sort of game in, game out. And it absolutely stinks of someone that just does not know what to do. And this is a guy that's a football manager. He's an experienced football manager. We talked when he came in about the fact that he was still young and that's good. But, you know, he got experience and he knows this league. How are we in a situation where he doesn't know what to do? They're not his players, James. He has inherited uh, Carlos Carvalho's players. A lot of them are still here in the main. Uh, and Steve Bruce and Jos Lukai said so there's three or four managers, caretakers who've been in charge at Sheffield Wednesday. So he's not had an opportunity at all to put his stamp on the team. Uh, and, and so... That's where again I stand by what I said. That I do feel that you've got to have you know, some sympathy for him. And yeah, he's made some mistakes, and and he's got to learn from them very quickly. There's no doubt about it, uh, because right now Wednesday are in free fall. There's no getting away from it. They are. We um we we talked before we start the recording actually about what we're going to use for our opinions this week and kind of as we talk here I kind of think that actually you know anyone that sort of listens to this and looks and listens to those arguments maybe maybe we should should just ask straightforward whether or not people have faith in Gary Monk we'll we'll kind of decide on that a little bit later on in the episode for now obviously we've touched on the players that have frozen out this week we did hear from Kieran Westwood um. Let's talk a little bit about the goalkeeping situation then. So let's let's rewind. We touched on it slightly earlier about the second goal. Some questions there about the, the, the first one and about Cameron Dawson there. And I think we'd, we'd kind of given the benefit of the doubt on that one. The second goal, um, I've, I've only watched the replays once because I, I'm, I'm just not into kind of giving myself that level of punishment to watch any more than that. 
um, he it, it looks like he should be doing better. I, I thought it at the time, and then when you watch the replay back, it doesn't get any better. No, I, I, I feel Cameron Dawson will be really disappointed. Yes, it took a deflection off Puskas. You know, he's got a touch on it, but it hasn't deviated and moved the ball that far away from him. He's, he's got a hand to it. I think most goalkeepers would look at that and, yeah, they will be upset to concede a goal like that. And so if you're classing that as another mistake, and I think, for me, you have to, then that's three big errors that Cameron Dawson has now made in the last month. So I do think we're getting to that point where I think I said last week that you've got to stick by him, but... How many more blunders, hours can you have before you've got to seriously look at leaving him out and giving somebody else a try? But with what Kevin Westwood has come out and said on social media, it, it I think it's pretty clear that it does not mean that if there was a goalkeeping change this weekend at Birmingham I don't think it's going to be Kieran Westwood that will be coming in goal I think it would be Joe Wildsmith who would get an opportunity or the other guy who's he? Paul Jones oh yeah um, yeah. it, it, it was uh, it was a goodbye message wasn't it from Kieran Westwood I mean all, That's all how the language read. that was in it was, was very I mean we've been here before uh, and if there is a change in management, who knows what what that might mean? You know, Kieran Westwood is under contract for another season, isn't he? It doesn't it doesn't go at the end of this season. So either you know, if someone comes in and and buys him, then great. But otherwise, he, he's just kind of sat on the wage bill for another year. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. It's, what would you it's, do, it's James? So, would you? Well, I don't know because I, I think the right thing to do, and and you know, this very similar to kind of the Sam Hutchinson conversation. You know, I, I've I've obviously heard a lot of stuff that's been said about Kieran Westwood, and he you know he touches that on on his social media post, um, and um, I, I I don't want to go into that, but all I say is look, you know, I've, I, again I've got to back the manager, two managers now that have thought it's better to not have Kieran Westwood involved in the first team, right? Whatever the reasons are, again better better to not know them, right? If if two separate managers who understand football and how things work in dressing rooms and all that kind of stuff, be- way better than I do, both feel that he shouldn't be in the in involved in the first team, fine. Right? So that that's the situation that we're in. Actually if you look at this season and looked at the stats this week, Cameron Dawson's record is still actually better than Kieran Westwood's this season. Oh yeah, and do you know what why in, up a little in bit. recent time yeah. in recent games that's gone downhill and, and he yeah. is a player that is like so many others in the team, he's lacking in confidence. And there's not yeah. a huge difference in, you know, the the kind of you know how poorly Cameron Dawson is performing at the side of how poorly some other defenders are performing. You know, we'll yeah. we'll we don't need to dwell on it, but I'm sure we'll touch on that that touch from Dominic Kaiofa to give away the penalty is one of the worst touches I've ever seen from a professional football. It's it's just diabolical. Well, yeah. And, and, well, when, and, when know, we're singling he, out Cameron guilty. Dawson, yeah. yeah. When we're singling but, out Cameron Dawson Ferrers, that's now two huge mistakes that Dominic Kaiofa has yes. made in the last two matches as well. But, so that's where it's coming back to the collective. It but, is. but would Dominic Kaiofa's mistakes have happened in the last two matches if he had 
full faith in who is behind him. But, but that that's a two-way cycle, isn't it? No, of because, course it is. You know, Cameron Dawson, I don't think, has confidence in his defence at the moment. And um, the problem when you've got a goalkeeper who's out of confidence and out of form, it's so exaggerated because a goalkeeper makes a mistake yeah. and it gives away a goal. Yeah. The, my, my, my only sort of worry with this is that we can't use this excuse of Cameron Dawson being young because he's not that young anymore. Yeah. You know, he he's now uh, twenty four. You know, he's he's a fully fledged goalkeeper now. He's not an eighteen year old yeah. kid. He's played and, fifty and he's plus got, matches. He's got Wednesday. plenty of experience in the championship. So there's a point where we, at the moment, I can still give him the benefit of the doubt. But there's got to be a point, and there's got to be a point in the next few games where you go, if this keeps happening, then there's question marks there about his character and there's question marks there about his ability at this level because in the championship you have to be able to do it game in game out because if you make a mistake you concede a goal i don't think character is what's up for debate i think he's got character we saw that last season where they got tonks at norwich at home four nil and then he's bounced back and had it not been for him wednesday wouldn't have got a points in the Steel City Derby, you know, makes great penalty save and good that. So I think I think okay. he's got. Uh, but your second point, yeah, that I I think you are right that it, it's not going to be long before people are seriously questioning whether he is good enough at this level uh, to be in a team that is aspiring and wanting to be challenging for the top six. So yeah, I hundred percent get that point, and and also with Cameron Dawson, yeah. He, he isn't a kid anymore uh, and he has played over 50 times now for Wednesday uh, and I wrote about this uh, last week and, and you're right I think that point is valid so it, it's not through inexperience you know the, the, these are fundamental mistakes that he's making right now uh, whether it's handling last weekend or through his kicking at Barnsley uh, I, what I was going to say before uh, about Kieran Westwood is that I do think a lot of people seem to have forgotten that the reason that Kieran Westwood came out of the team in November was because he also was making a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes. I almost feel as if now that clamour for Kieran Westwood to come back, that has been really forgotten about, that actually Kieran Westwood in the first half of the season, that was probably as poorly as he's played in Sheffield Wednesday colours, and he cost the team, you know, there were four or five goals, you could certainly put at his door. So you you do have to give, I think, Cameron Dawson some latitude. And I suppose as well, if you're the manager, you've also got to be thinking that if he makes the decision now to take Cameron Dawson out for Birmingham on Saturday, what's that going to do to his confidence moving forward? It's the second time then that he will have been dropped in the space of 18 months. And then... you you really will see his character if that happens, if he does get left out, how is he going to react? How is he going to come back from this? But yeah, if you turn to Joe Wildsmith at at Birmingham on Saturday, and by the way, the last time I saw Joe Wildsmith in action, about a month ago, for the under-23s against Leeds, he conceded a really bad goal from a free kick. So there's no guarantee that Joe Wildsmith is all of a sudden going to be the answer and is going to cure Wednesday's defensive problems that they've, they've got now you know, it, it's much bigger than just the goalkeeper at the moment but if you're asking me who they should play in goal at St Andrews 
I think, yeah, you're saying pretty much that this is maybe Cameron Dawson's last chance and that he now needs to find some form very quickly. And I think if there's another high-profile mistake, that I think that makes the decision for Gary Monk. I really do. It, it starts to... Um, to pile up. It, it, yeah, and... It also starts, starts to be. It, it's always been one of those positions, goalkeeper. Over the last few seasons, we've always said there's not. It, it's one area of the pitch where we don't have a problem. And, and as we start to look forward now, and we talk about a rebuilding, you start to think, heck, do we need to start looking for a goalkeeper in the summer? Is it a position that we actually do need to strengthen? Have we got maybe a good, a couple of good understudy um, prospects there? Are either of them going to be able to? Uh, Joe Alsmith obviously had an injury problem, and that's a shame. But you know, he didn't he didn't look the same when he when he did come back into the team for those occasions after he had that original run in the team way back under uh, you know the 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 early years of the Carlos um, regime. So yeah, that that feels like a bit of a mess at the moment. It's kind of the same story across the pitch, isn't it? Where it's it's just a bit of a a, a bit of a mess. Um, so you had a chat with Joey Pallipesi this week. He's another player that's got his contract coming up at the end of the season. He's one of the players that doesn't fall in that category of being, you know, kind of at the the latter stages of their career maybe and therefore, you know, naturally we'd be looking to let them go. He's a younger um player of the, of the ones that whose contracts coming up. Um so yeah, let's um let's hear from him. From third to 12 since Christmas. Yeah. What has gone wrong? <laughs> That's a good question. Um yeah, of course the results went wrong, but I think like what we did on the pitch or what we trained, how we prepared, that was all the same. Um, we're doing everything the same in the whole season, so um, there's nothing changed about that. But yeah, we have a, we have a bad run, if you say it like that in English. And uh, yeah, the only thing we, we can do is looking forward to the next game and prepare as good as possible like we always do. And yeah, hopefully we get the points and what I said before, if we get a win, hopefully, maybe you get more power from that and maybe a lot of more confidence as well because it's hard in the moment, but um, we know we have a strong team, so um, I'm not worried about that. But yeah, of course, it's time to, to get points now, yeah. How do you turn things around? Uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't believe in it changing a lot and doing different stuff and uh, that's, that's not what I believe. I think you need to do the same as the period before Christmas when we were winning a lot everything went well and we were also maybe sometimes lucky everything went on our side so um, the only thing you can do is work hard that that's what I believe in doing the same work hard and try to get better and uh, stick together that's really important there's a lot of players out of contracts in the summer yours included yeah is it the last 13 14 games the players very much playing for the futures of course of course yeah I think every season around this time it starts a little bit because you fight for your contract uh, you want to stay at the club probably if you feel good um, so yeah uh, that's that's the other side of it as well but I think first you have to do it as a team and get back to winning games and stuff and then it goes more yeah how we say that like automatically you know if it goes well and uh, that's that's the first thing we have to go for and on the other side personally individually of course you work for yourself as well mm -hmm. that's clear yeah how much would you like to stay here? Well, I like it to stay here because I'm really happy here. Um, I think in every interview I said that I'm really happy here and it's an amazing club. 
obviously there was talk in there of contract situation and whatnot. Um, do you think Joey Pellipesti will get a contract? I think he's going to have to have a very good end to the season. What I will say about Joey Pellipesti is that actually he's one of the nicest footballers I've probably ever interviewed. As a bloke, as a person, a character, I think he he is a great person to have around the place. And you just want more from him on the pitch. And that's where he gets judged. But I think off the field, yeah, he's exactly the type of character they need. I really do. But we just have not seen the best of him in, in Wednesday colours so far. That you know His, his performances have been... So erratic, you know. I think of Aston Villa away from home, where he's had an absolute stormer, uh, and there've been other like, matches where you look in isolation, and you think, oh, you know, you know, he's done his job to perfection there. He's done exactly what he wanted. I think was it Wigan at home this season uh, when they won one nil, and he's come in from the cold, and again, steady performance. You know, in doing that breaking up a play and what you look for. But consistency has just been such a big problem for him, and that, and it's too extreme as well with Jerry Pellipesi as well, where he can maybe go from having say the seven or eight to then you, you know you're looking at last weekend and it was a four, but you can say that about a lot of the team at the moment. That's that's true, and 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 my I, I kind of sum up where I stand on Jerry Pellipesi, which is that I don't think he's ruthless enough to be a, a defensive midfielder in this in this league. Right, he's um, and actually, you kind of say, you know, he's a really nice guy, and he's you know, he's lovely to interview and stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, that's that's kind of indicative of actually the issue here, which is that he's probably just a bit too nice to be a defensive midfielder in the championship. Where mm. you've you've got, to, uh, I'm trying not to swear here, but you know, you've got to be a bit of a hard man. You know, you've you've got to do the dirty work, and he just doesn't. That doesn't seem to suit him. So you kind of think, well, actually, you know, maybe he's more of an attacking player. And then you think, well, we've seen him play in attacking roles, and he's just not good enough in the championship. So whichever. Matches. Whichever way you kind of look yeah. at where best to play him, I just don't think he's up to it at this level. I think it's a bit harsh to say that he doesn't say maybe get stuck in because I do actually think that some of his best matches where he's very aggressive. Zero tackles against Barnsley. Yeah, yeah, I pointed that stat out. I'm well aware of that. How do you yeah, get past I mean, that? How can you get past away at Barnsley who are in the relegation zone? Your defensive midfielder does not make a tackle. That's not. I, it's, I, hey, you, I can't defend that performance, but there were. Other individuals, other than just Jerry Pellipesi, who didn't perform to their best at Barnsley. But no, of course, will he be the first and will he be the last holding midfielder, defensive midfielder, to, in a match, not put a tackle in or record a tackle? Probably not. But he he struggled. He struggled on the day. But I, I think that there have been times where, yeah, he. I think it would be harsh to say that he isn't, Aggressive, who doesn't put his foot in? You know, he he does put a lot of sly tackles in. Actually, when you think about it in games, but yeah, too often the game passes him by. That's and is almost too quick for him, and that's where he, he's found the adjustment difficult in the championship. And uh, you know, I hope there's still time. There's still time for him to maybe play a big part. And, and right now, with the way things are going with the Sam Hutchinson situation, he's going to be playing a lot more yeah. between now and the end of the season. Uh, so hopefully, you know, he's fighting for his Sheffield Wednesday career. So he needs to pull a few performances out of the bag, as do quite a few of them. Uh, James O'Connor without the clapping was how my friend summed him up at the uh, at the weekend. Um, right then, busy week ahead. So we've got Birmingham away on Saturday. Um, followed on 
uh, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. It's Wednesday, isn't it? Uh, against Charlton. Charlton. Um, Derby next Saturday. We'll obviously talk about that um, next week. But um, two two home games in, in the week that you would look at and you'd have to say, well, I mean, the home games, so you'd have to say that they're winnable anyway. Um, a away game at Birmingham, who are in all right form. But Very been, good been, form. Being erratic this season, um, they've, they've been a little bit up and down. They've had their own um, issues. Um, we know that you know Gary Monk and Birmingham's manager, best of friends, get on ever so well. So um, if there's one guy that's going to be fired up for this, it's it's Gary Monk. I guess the question is whether or not he can kind of rub that off on the on the team and get them fired up for it. Yeah, if it's it's actually the worst possible time probably to be playing Birmingham as well, yeah, they but look are at the flip side form. of that. Every yeah. team we've played, the last six or seven teams we've played, have not won in like five, six, seven, eight games and stuff like that, and, and we've lost to all of them. So playing someone in form, we, we might as well give that a go. Well, yeah, very true. And and this is it when you look at the form of the two teams. That yeah, if you're the bookies, if if you were betting man, you'd be lumping a lot of money on Birmingham to win. Definitely, they are going to be going in as huge favourites. Uh, not sure whether Scott Hogan's going to be fit for them, but he's been brilliant uh, since you know he just since he went there and scored goals. Uh, and we've seen over the last few years, he's had some very good games against Wednesday and scored against Wednesday a number of times. Uh, how difficult Lukas Jukovic can be to pick up. So um, then they've got Bellingham, who again is one of the outstanding young talents in the Championship outside the Premier League. Yeah, so. Birmingham, it's really going to be a tough test, it, uh, and and Wednesday, they have to they have to show some metal. That, and I think it's a case of we're desperate for them to get back to basics defensively. I think f- that's what sort of Gary Monk built the success on in the early part of his reign is making them hard to break down. And right now, it just looks so straightforward to cut through Wednesday so that for me is the key you know, start go back to the Stuart Gray days of what does Stuart Gray used to always say we start with a point we start with a clean sheet and let's end with that <laughs> my dad says that <laughs> yeah. my dad says that it's a very dad thing isn't it but it is it's it's what it is what we need right now and and you kind of after we've tried so many things of late you, you go through that cycle of trying different stuff and in the end you just go, right, we've just got to go back to basics, haven't we? We've just got to learn how to defend. Um, we've got to get the midfield and the defence working better together and that means ultimately we're going to have to stop changing the midfield game in game out he's going to have to pick two midfielders and stick with them he's going to have to pick two central defenders and as much as possible stick with them because changing stuff is not working. No, it isn't and so... What does he do at Birmingham? Does he bring back Barry Bannon into midfield to try and give them some control? And they've got to improve. We know there's so many things, but ball retention. And so if you're looking for someone to create something from midfield, then Barry Bannon's your best bet. You still look at the stats from the championship this season. And I think uh, you know he's second highest when it comes to creating of chances, something like 71. Uh, and I do actually think something that maybe we haven't focused so much on because there have been so many problems and issues that Wednesday are having right now is that, yeah, I do think Barry Bannon has been one of those players that suffered 
definitely in the absence of Stephen Fletcher's, they do have that good understanding. Uh, so I would think that Barry Bannon will come back into midfield and it's sort of take your pick, isn't it, really, of who you're going to leave out uh, in Pelly Pessy and Lee, probably Kieran Lee. Yeah, I would I think, think you know, you've got to have somebody who is, is defensive minded in there. So I think Pelly Pessy would get the nod for me. Josh Windass, Connor Wickham. I think they've got to come back in they have, as well. Yeah, yeah. And, may, and maybe they needed that rest. Maybe they weren't up for playing another another game. But we we it, it didn't really work without. Um, would you play De Cruz? Um, do you know I would? Yeah, I, I I feel like we've got to stick with him because I think although it's not it's not clicked into place yet, I've still seen signs from him that I think oh, I quite like this guy. Um, he reminds me a lot in kind of. You know, kind of his physical form and the way that he moves and stuff. He reminds me a lot of Marcus Tudgay, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think we've just got to we've got to stick with him. And it becomes an issue then when you look at Forestieri. You say, you know, he's such a naturally talented player, and we saw we didn't talk about it at the time that that moment against Barnsley where he just you know nutmegs the Barnsley player, and it's just embarrassingly bad for that for that player. You know, you know that he's got those moments in him, but where's the end product? He, he's not he's not part of the future. Uh, and 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 thinking along those lines, I think Kadeem Harris has to play because he... I don't see how you're going to fit all these in unless you're dropping New You and Forestieri up front, and then you're partnering Windass with Wickham. Is that what your suggestion? You do Harris on the left, Harris, and then Decruz on the right. Yeah, Windass. What about Wickham. in defence? That so no Urigidi. So who who's going to play at right back? Assuming Moses Odubajo, <laughs> Kieran Lee. <laughs> could be Kieran Lee. <laughs> I'm, I'm it wouldn't surprise you, would it? We've I seen Fernando Forestieri's left wing back, so nothing would surprise. <laughs> well, um, the only way that would work then is um, you, you've got to think it would be Dominic Iorfa to right back again. Oh, that's, um, that's not worked when we've no, when it we've hasn't done it. You've got to pray that Morgan Fox is going to be fit. Well, that's it. I, I, and who would have thought? Six months ago, we'd be sitting here and be saying, "What a big miss Morgan Fox has oh, been." Yeah, yeah. But he has been the whole balance of that back four. But I'm not convinced he's going to be fit either. So if he's not fit, Liam Palmer stays at left back. That leaves the whole right back, and really, I think that only leaves Dominic Iorfa as a viable option with Tom Lees and Julian Burner. So the whole again, the back four, centre half has changed, right backs changed. It's not ideal, is it? No, but then I think that 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 midfield and that forward line, you 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 can afford to then stick with that for a bit. Uh, I, I mean, if they have an awful awful game at Birmingham, then I, I don't know. I mean, th- this is why we're not football managers, isn't it? But um, you, you you'd say that you know they're all players that are, are, are kind of going to either going to be part of the future or are exciting enough that you 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 stick with them in terms of the players that are on loan. This, this is going to sound a silly question. What's the bigger match, Birmingham or Charlton? Uh, <laughs> the situation that we're in, the, the both games that we could need to win, but you'd have to say Charlton, wouldn't you? Because that's the game that you'd look at and say, right, we, we should be beating them at, at home. We're, uh, going away to Birmingham, um, right now I'd probably take a point very happily at, at, at Birmingham, but Charlton's the one, if we don't win that, then you think, oh, heck, this, this season really is turning into something that we do not want it to be. Yeah, and Charlton, they have nosedived their fight for the wives, their form from the last 15, 16 matches. I think they've only won a couple of times. 
So if Wednesday, if they can't beat Charlton and you look at the two home matches, Derby aren't great away from home either. They've had their struggles. So if Wednesday can't dig out, grind out, get a win from at least one of the next two home matches, if they can't get a goal from one of the next two matches, then it, we we really will be here thinking, uh, where are they going to go? What, you know, what What's happening? What's going on? What are they going to do? How are they going to change it, turn it around? Happy times. Right, our opinions, we're fast running out of time. So last week we asked whether you'd take three points against Reading or beating City in the Cup. 67% of people said uh, three points against uh, Reading. Obviously, we lost that game, so we will now go on and beat City in the Cup. That's the way it works. Uh, this week, then, are you still backing Gary Monk as manager, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Um, it'll be interesting to see what results we get from that one. So that will be a poll on our Twitter page if you want to um, vote. Uh, you can catch Dom at Domhausen. Are you going to Birmingham or having a, having a week enough? Uh, all being well, I'm I'm hoping to, yes. Okay. Uh, you can come with us, have a few drinks in the car if you want. Um, you can get me on Twitter at James Mario or contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our gold sponsors, Taito Law. Uh, you can find them at titolaw.co.uk. Thanks for joining us. If you like singing the blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Much appreciated. Up the owls and see you next week. <laughs>